take our Bibles. And uh, I've been teaching on the subject about the power and the ability of the Holy Spirit. And this is my fifth week, so I don't see I was talking to the Lord about, you know, what we should do. And uh, I have no witness within me but to stick with the subject on the power or the ability of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and so, as we've been sharing with you, especially last week using Jesus as an object lesson about the power of the Holy Spirit. This week, I want to show you, you, in us being represented, we are representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ himself, okay? And so, in order to do that, let's use an opening scripture. Go with me, Casey, to the 17th chapter of Matthew. Well, before we do that, go to the 10th chapter of the book of Matthew and look at verse 1 so that you can, I want to see, do you catch this? Do you see this? And the Bible says, and when they had, when he had called unto him, his what? So notice you didn't call yourself. Notice who called you. He called you into his vineyard, right? And that's what we have today. And he called unto him his 12 disciples, and notice what he did. What did he do when he called them? He did, what did he do? Come on, read it out with me. He gave them what? Power against what? Number one. Number two, to do what? Number three, to do what? To heal manner of sickness. And what? And all manner of disease. So four things he did here, Brother Joe. He gave them power or he gave them authority. Or he empowered them to do what? Cast out demons. You know, that's still, we still do that today. And some places, you know, they think it's obsolete. They, they think that this doesn't happen no more. To heal how many sickness? So what is all manner of sickness is? All manner. Don't matter what it is. Don't care if it's a cancer. Don't make a difference what type of cancer. Don't make a difference if it's diabetes. So you got to get your leg amputated, Amen. toe amputated, right? I don't care what the crises are. Jesus has already defeated the wicked one. So you, what you're doing and what I'm doing, you're not living by what you can do. You're living out of the Christ are the anointing of the anointed one in you. He does the work, the Holy Spirit. How I many can see what to say? All right, let's see how well you handle this. Okay, Casey, go with me to the 17th chapter of Matthew. And look at verse 14. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him, saying, talking to Jesus, Lord. Now, what does the word Lord mean? No, he didn't say Savior. He said Lord. When you are Lord, that means you have power over any and everything. We say that Jesus is Lord. When we say he's Lord, that means he's Lord over the weather pattern. He's Lord over wind. He's Lord over the sea. He's Lord over the dead. He's Lord over the blind. He's Lord over deafness. 
He's Lord over debt, lack, right? So when he's Lord, that means everything that put us in a place of lack, insufficiency, or whatever the deficit may be, Jesus has stripped the one who had the power that was, and you and I are no longer under those restrictions. You may be blind. You may have deafness. You may have a deficit in your finances. The list may go on. But when you understand the one who has brought forth redemption, redemption means to be purchased back. You've been purchased back what? From the market of sin. It was a slave market that we were all sold under, under the first Adam. Okay? Jesus redeemed us with the ransom that was made, and the ransom was what? His own blood. Can you see that? He gave his life so that you and I may receive his life. Right? His spirit suffered into hell. That's what we mean by his, Jesus ascended into hell, not his body, his spirit. Are you listening to me? His spirit, his soul, it ascended into hell for three days and three nights on the behalf of you and I. Why? So that this is what sin did. It put us in a place at a disadvantage. Now that you and I are the redeemed of the Lord, redeemed means to be purchased back to its original intent. Amen? So everything now that you and I have and can do and will do is what? It's in Christ. Okay? But it's the Holy Spirit that is at work in us, empowering us, infusing us to do what? He's strengthening our inner man to do what? To minister to the sick. Amen? Or to do great exploits. Amen? All right, here we go. Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed, for oftentimes he falleth where? Into the fire and often into the water. How many know that's not normal? Right? All right, keep going, Case. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they would not cure him. Yep, yep, see? All right. Go back, Casey. It's not that he could not. They would not. Right? Why? He said, I brought him to the disciples and they could not. Is that a true statement? No. <laughs> sister Luke said, no, this is not a catch-22, amen. <laughs> no, no. They could not, and the reason they could not, now we'll speak out a little bit, we'll speak out a little bit more, but why could they not? What was it? Unbelief. Unbelief, if you take taking notes or whatever, you, I mean, you, you can get the podcast at the end of the lesson. Unbelief is a thief. It's a robber to your faith. Did you hear me? Unbelief, doubt, and fear you will never be able to do, with, do away with. They always are with you because why? You have your humanity side. Now, you can put it under your feet. Okay? Now, watch this. <clears throat> then Jesus answered and said, Oh, what? Well, what's the opposite of faithless? Having faith, right? He said, Oh, faithless. Now, this is whom he, <laughs> whom he chose. This is the disciples Jesus shows. 
And he called them faithless. What? Okay, what, what, what does the Amplifier say? Okay, here we go. And Jesus said, you unbelieving, walked, walk, <laughs> wayward, rebellious. What does he tell you? Because you are more trapped on what you see, what you hear, and what you feel rather than the word that I have given you. Hmm? And listen, that can, that can happen to us all. So don't, don't look down on them because you and I too can be in the same light. Because it's an act of your will to choose to walk in these truths. Okay? Now notice this. <clears throat> okay, Go back, case it to uh, 18 chapter, I mean, uh, 18 verse, King James. And Jesus did what? Whoa. So, how do, so one way we see of casting out devils is what? Rebuke. Why? Why, why? why could he do that? Because he is the Lord. In other words, this is out of order. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is not right. It's the same thing why you and I are alive today. Things that are out of order, you are here on the earth to restore. Amen. Let's see. Put this up for a moment, Casey. We'll go back. Put up Romans 8 and put up, uh, what is it? Verse uh, 21. Where the Bible says that the earth groaneth for the manifestation. Because, watch this. There he is. Go, go back to verse 21 for me in the case. Verse 20. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has what? Subject the same in hope. Now watch this. Keep going. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Are you, are you seeing this? No, it's going to get a little bit clearer. Watch this. For we know that the whole creation does what? So you, now you understand why Jesus groaned in the spirit twice in the book of John. I think verse 31 and verse 35 will say Jesus groaned. Why? That groaning was about what? Because he saw the work the devil had done and caused this great disharmony to the people he loved. And it moved him. Are you understand what I'm saying? His friend Lazarus is dead. But even though he was revealing to them, he had revealed to them Mary, Martha, who he was, but yet they did not catch it. And so the Bible said how Jesus groaned. That means that groaning was again because he saw the grief the pain that was on the people's face. And Jesus knew that for this purpose was I manifest. Are you getting what I'm saying here? Now, for this purpose, you and I are manifested in the earth to do what? To continue the work that Jesus has done. I know, I don't, I'm not destroying the works of the devil. This work has already been destroyed. I'm here, you and I are here, of what? 
as a conquest of doing what? Of walking or taking part of the victory that we already possess as believers. Jesus did the conquering, right? You and I are the one that's doing what? We are walking out. We are partakers, carriers of disanointing. Can y'all see that? That makes all the difference. So therefore, it takes the guesswork out of what I have to do. No, it's what Jesus already done. All I'm doing, I'm allowing the spirit of Christ or the spirit of the anointed one to do what? Use this body, use this vocal cord, and I'm allowing his life in me to speak and to shine forth through me. You got to have a body. God has to have a body. Satan has to have a body. You can't bring evil without a body. Good can come without a body. How many understand what I'm saying? Got to have a body. And that's the reason why you and I have to renew your mind daily with the word of God. Why? Because you have an enemy that's lurking at your soul. Your soul is that, is that part of you, it's, just, it's that inner man. That soulish part of you is, notice this, that's where the fight is. The fight is not in your spirit, the fight is in your soul. Some people say, well, I'm praying in the spirit so I can develop my spirit. How are you going to develop something that's, that's God? How are you going to develop God? I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me get back. Okay. <clears throat> For we know that the whole creation does what? Groan it and what? Travail it. We're in pain together until now. Watch this. Not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Right? We ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for what? For the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. So this is the scripture to show you that you got a glorified body that's awaiting you when you leave here. This body is not you. This body is going to go back to what it was. But this right here is evident for your glorified body. It's waiting. You have a body that is awaiting you and I. The body that's await you don't look nothing like this body. It's full of life. It's full, it's, it's full of vitality. It's full of the glory. <laughs> glory to God. Can you see that? Next verse, Casey. <clears throat> For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not what? For what a man seeth, why does he yet, what? Hope for or expect for. Okay, next verse. But if we hope or expect for that we see not, then what? We do with patience, wait for it. Patience is not an ugly word. Patience is a good word because patience keeps us steady. Are you following what I'm saying? Until the promise is received. Okay, next verse. Likewise, the Spirit also help it. What does it? The Holy Spirit is helping our infirmities. Now you're getting ready to see his identification. Help it our what? Infirmities. Uh, uh, one translation. Put it in the, in the, in the uh, amplifier for a moment. So, too, the Holy Spirit comes to our aid. See? Why would the Holy Spirit need to come to my aid if I, if it's my spirit? No. The Holy Spirit coming to the infirmities of your weakness. Where does the weakness take place? It's in your soul. You understand what I'm saying? Watch this. For we do not know what prayer to offer nor how to offer it wordily as we ought. In other words, it's not saying you don't know how to pray. It's just simply saying, 
I don't know how to pray in this manner about this. That's why when you pray in other tongues, it empowers you. What it does, it, it, the wisdom of God is in your spirit. So when I, and I'm walking around my house or whatever I'm doing, maybe I might be running. What am I doing? I'm praying for some wisdom about something I asked him about. I don't know the answer, but I know it's in me. So I go, and then all of a sudden, may not be at that moment, it may be an hour later. It may be a day later. But all of a sudden, the light of understanding turns on. Whoa. I know now. And you know that comes from the, thank you, Jesus. It was so simple. It was right there. And yet, it seemed like it was so far away. But what I did, I took my intellect out. Because when you pray in, in the spirit, when you pray in other tongues, your mind or your natural mind is what? Unproductive or unfruitful. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? They did a, they did a piece on ABC News. I could have told them that if they'd have just. And they did this, they had this neuroscientist or whatever it was and, you know, for the brain and put this thing on a person's brain or whatnot, and, and it showed that when this person was praying, they didn't understand how the brain was active, but then you start praying in them tongues, the brain was unactive. Now, if they would have asked someone like you and I, we could have told them different. Right? But they're not going to listen to us. They already think we off. Until something, some catastrophic event take place in their life and we're the one that say stop it Amen. <laughs> in the name of Jesus ain't that right now, now we're their friend that brother uh, JB JW <laughs> yes, sir. Look, yeah, you got a big body of water. What's holding? Yeah. Look, on the earth, things happen. Why? Because of the verse of scripture that I read prior. The earth grown it. Well, who do you think is groaning for? For us to do what? Take our place. If you don't walk in this authority that Jesus gave, this is why I'm showing you in Matthew 17, they miss out on the authority because they allow what their natural eyes saw. And notice this. They became more afraid. Now, don't misunderstand me. These disciples done this many times. This is the reason why I'm telling you about unbelief. So don't think that you say, well, man, I've done this before. This, no, 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 I'm going to show you something in just a moment. Watch this. Um, let me finish this. He said, the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bear us. Make, make sure I go back. Remember, make sure I go back to Matthew 17. Okay. <clears throat> For we do not know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. Didn't say we didn't know how to pray. Just in this manner, we don't know how to wordily as we ought to. Something require me praying in tongues. <clears throat> Something may require me to be quiet. That's part of prayer. Something may require me just to worship him with music and without it. It's a part of it all. Are y'all following what I'm saying? That's, that's your benefit. You use that. You don't sit there and just say, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, you may not know what you're going to do, but inside your spirit knows all things. And notice it. It's a well of information. It's a well from heaven itself. And it wants to release, but the soulish man has to be open so it can filter through and give you understanding. 
The understanding takes place in your imagination. Okay? I mean, words, words are the spiritual, it's the parent, it's the parent realm of this earth. Look, well, if I say dog, well, everybody in here know what a dog looks like. You see a dog. Now, you may be used to a little dog, medium-sized dog, or a big dog, right? But if I say a German shepherd, well, now guess what? Everyone now is, can see the same dog that I see. You see the same breed, a German shepherd. And yet, he's not here. But you can see him in your mind. That's how, that's how the kingdom of God works. It works through words, but you have words is what gives you, is what projects the image. That's why the Bible said, let us make man in our what? Image and what? Likeness. For what? So that you can have what? Dominion. God created it, but God wants you and I to have his image and likeness to show you how did it come about. It's already in you. But if you allow someone to tell you, well, we ain't got no problem. We, ain't got, we don't have no power over no storm. You're too late to tell me that. Hmm? Oh, we don't have any, you know, who, who, you don't have no power over, over COVID. Now you know COVID was a lie. Now they're still trying to make it look like it's COVID. What happened to sinus? What happened to the flu? In some places now they're going to put, they give you a test for all three now. I'm telling you, I want y'all to start taking health. Are you following what I'm saying? Because there's no sickness, there's no disease when you have understanding of these truths that can touch your body or stay in your body. See, your belief is not in you. Your belief is in the one who you made Lord. So what you're doing, you're receiving his goods, what's already yours, and you're opening your understanding and say, no, by the stripes of Jesus, I were healed. You're receiving what's already yours. I mean, if I put a plate of food before you, and Brother John would say, Pastor, I'm hungry. Now, I can put the food before him, but I can't make him eat. He got to do the eating, right? I mean, if you put a bucket of Popeye, I mean, you know, church of fried chicken in front of me, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm going I'm to I'm yeah, I'm 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 devour it. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I had a UPS driver. He was a friend of mine. He's a UPS driver. He saw me and he said, Pastor, you know what I did? I went and got, got me a corner spot. But nobody was looking, got in my truck, and I devoured that fire, that, 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 that church. <laughs> he said, you can't play with that. You got, you got to be real with that. <laughs> you got to listen to it. <laughs> He's a wonderful brother of the Lord. Amen. But anyway, where was I? <laughs> oh, look, you got to take authority. If you don't, if you don't, Walk in what you have a right to, then guess what? Then God's hand is tied. Because the authority and the power and the ability He left here with you and I, and He gave the Holy Spirit to do what? To carry it out, to help. When you speak the word, the Holy Spirit goes to work. But if, he don't, if you're not speaking the word, then you're not empowering the Holy Spirit to carry out the works of Christ. Yes. That's why Jesus said he will testify, John 16, 13 through 15, he will testify of me. Yes. 
He will show you things to come. He will bring those things back to your remembrance. John 15, 26. He will bring them back to your remembrance. Whatever I said to you. But if you choose not to accept, you get around some people. Well, now look. The culture we live in. We don't do that no more. If the weatherman says this, I'm not saying the weatherman is a liar. I'm not saying the surgeon is a liar. I'm just, I'm just denying its access to be what they see. Right? So, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more. Watch this. But the Spirit himself goes to meet. You see that? What? Our supplication and plead in our behalf. Unspeakable yawning. That's what he's doing. Giving you and I understanding. Hmm? Did you know? Think about seven years from, I think it was yesterday or Friday. It's seven years since we had that big flood. Y'all remember that in 2016? Look how we didn't forget. You remember that flood? That thing, a sail sitting over this area, releasing rain for two days. It let up. Friday, that Friday, I didn't even know what was going on until that Friday when they started saying how people, how it was being flooded out. Well, we had high water around, but it, it, you know, it happened before, but it didn't. And then all of a sudden, it started raining again, and the water didn't go, hadn't gone down. My neighbor's getting water in their house. We hadn't gotten in the water. I think one spot of a, uh, we knew water got in, a spot by the window, the carpet was damp. And that was it. And the water went down. Boy, but it, it picked up again. It was that Saturday. That Saturday was the worst of the worst. If any of y'all can remember this. Four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, I'm hearing it rain, and I jumped up. And I heard in my spirit, pick everything up off the floor. So I did that. And I looked outside, and I looked in the car, in my garage. Water was already in the garage. So now, I said, Lord, this ain't right. So I got to praying in tongue, finding out what we could do. And my wife, she could tell if she was in here. So here it is. It started raining. Not much of anything took place. When the eye of that storm passed over us, that rain started coming down like you would not believe. And water was starting to come in. But what we had, now my neighbor's already underwater. We had a power vac, a shop vac. Now, if everything flooded, your sink, your tub, it's not supposed to be taking water. So where it was coming in there, as fast as it was coming in, we was filling that thing up, pouring it in the tub, pouring it in the sink. And it was taking it. We was pouring that thing, and we were speaking to that thing, fighting it. Somebody said, well, what's the use? What you going to, you know, no, 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 no. You still have to resist. Notice this. 
James 4, 7. Put this up, Casey. James 4, 7 says, submit yourself to God. That's the first thing you got to do. Why to God? Because when you submit to God, he's the one that set things the way they ought to be. All right? Then he says, resist the devil. Well, to resist me, I got to stand firm against him. What am I standing for? I'm standing against that water. I'm not going to just let the water just keep coming in. No, nope, I got to fight. Even though it's coming in, but what I'm doing? I'm fighting. You are not going to flood us out of here. So we're fighting. And we kept fighting. And then all of a sudden it was like, I got frustrated because my wife couldn't, she, you know, she, I'm vacuuming, she's picking this thing up, she could pick it up, and I realized, I said, wait, I said, baby, I'm sorry, I'm wrong, that's wrong, I shouldn't have said, I shouldn't have snapped like that. And man, the moment I said, I asked my wife to forgive me, and I just started praising God. Come on, come on. When I started praising God, now we're still working. Guess what? The water stopped. It was still, but it, it wasn't coming in the house no more. It just stopped. It just stopped coming in the house. And it was like, how can this be? And I knew it was the word that God gave me. And what am I saying? You got this. You got to submit yourself first of all to God. You got to be subject to God first. Sometimes our attitude could get in the way. It's not stopping God from doing, but it will hinder you from hearing. So what was my part? Repent. Right? Well, y'all quiet on me now. Y'all know y'all. You gotta repent every now and then, right? Amen. And when we did that and we started singing praises, my wife would tell you that water just stopped. Now, all the carpet, it was wet. Well, we were gonna change it anyway. But that carpet, that, that carpet held that water, keep from destroying the house. Our neighbors, three, four houses from us. Their houses were gone. They were they 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 had to cut up. Four some of them had to go take out whole rooms. So what did I do? I took my time and sowed my seed by going helping others who had to pull sheetrock out and help them. That's my way of just saying, Lord, thank you. Now, I had to do a little repair at our house. We had water got in by like that under the sheetrock. So I cut more than an inch, no, six inches around. Everything was good. Now, one place I had to do 12 inches in one room. It was 12. I did it because I wasn't sure. So I said, if I go up 12 inches, I'm going to be safe. That's what I did in one room. But everywhere else was like six inches, no, five inches, and the molding we had was a seven-inch molding. So I didn't have to, all I had to do is cut the sheetrock out, put the sheetrock back. I didn't have to repair it, uh, Brother George. The molding going to cover it all. Are you following what I'm saying? And what I'm trying to show you is that when you take time and pray in the Spirit and you submit yourself first to God, now, did it stop the water, all the water from coming in? No. I was unaware. But it tried to happen again. This time. And it, it happened twice. If you remember in 2016, it happened in August and it happened in November. Some people still hadn't fully recovered from August. Remember they were doing Vera School Road? All those houses out there, I think Austin Village, they got flooded again. And my wife called, she said, Ty, you better, I was in Milton. She said, you better come home. That water's rising. I said, the devil is alive. 
It will not happen a second time. And it didn't happen. Got high. What am I saying? You're using the spirit. You're speaking from the spirit of Christ in you. He does the work. His interceding through you is to get you to have the mind of Christ. Now go back to Matthew chapter 17, Casey, and look at this for a moment. And now look at verse 17 again when Jesus told them, you perverse. Is that verse 17 that he told them? Yeah. What did he say? You unbelieving, warped, warward, rebellious, and thoroughly what? Perverse generation. How long shall I remain with you? Okay. Now, why would Jesus say this? It's almost just like, man, that's an insult, Jesus. But watch this. Go to Luke chapter 9. Let's see how you handle this. Look at verse uh, 7. I gave you all the verse. The same, the same verses in Matthew 10, 1 through 5, uh, whatnot. It's the same as in Luke. Uh, let, let me just show you that. Go back to Luke 9, 1. Go to verse 9, 1. He called his 12 disciples together. And he gave them what? Power and authority over what? All devils to cure them. Matthew, Luke, Matthew 10, 1. It's the same, right? Okay. Now jump down there. I think it's, I say 7. It might be verse 8. Is it verse 8 or verse 11 where it said, and they came back with the report? Which verse is that, uh, Casey? And the apostles returned. And the apostles did what? When they what? Come on, talk to me, class. When they did what? They returned and did what? Told him all that they what? Now, go back to Matthew 14. Is it Matthew 14, 17? or no, 17, 14. Matthew 17, 14. Go to the uh, uh, next verse. Lord, have mercy on me, for my son is a lunatic. He's so vexed, off the time he falls into the water and to the fire. Here we go, next, this verse. And I brought him to his disciples, and they could not. They've already done this. Can y'all see it? That means he sent them out on a missionary trip on their own. This was their first missionary trip that Jesus sent them out on. And they came back with a report. So it wasn't like this should have been new to them. They were very aware. But what happened is, again, that's why Jesus said, how long do I have to be with you? Meaning, you've done this. I shouldn't have to come and do this again. Okay. Go to verse 18, Casey. And Jesus rebuked the devil. And he departed it out of him. And the child was what? Cure from that what? Very hour. The disciples had the same ability because he gave it to them. He gave it to them. Watch this. Verse 19. And they then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, now, listen, listen, look at what he asked him. Why could we not? Why would you ask that question if you couldn't? If you weren't anointed? If you hadn't been in power? Why would you ask that question? Is that right? Look what he said. Why could we not? Cast him out. Look at Jesus' reply. What? And Jesus said to them, because of what? Unbelief. Unbelief could be meaning a hardness of your heart. You become insensitive to the things of the kingdom. 
Huh? So when he said unbelief, unbelief can work in three ways. Okay? Number one, unbelief can work in what I call just spiritual ignorance. All of us got some ignorance of something. That doesn't mean you're an ignorant person. You're just ignorant of how this works, how this functions. But if someone shows you, then all of a sudden you're not ignorant anymore to that, right? That's the first. That, that form of unbelief is repairable. The second type of unbelief is just what we call disbelief or un, uh, uh, unbelief, yeah, doubt. Okay? Doubt. That form of unbelief, because, you know, you say, well, how can it do? Well, you know, you could come from a traditional background. you never seen nothing like this. you never heard nothing like this. You doubt that this could happen. There's nothing wrong with that until someone revealed it to you. Is that right? The third form of unbelief, which is the most potent one of it all, is natural unbelief. Natural. The reason why I call it, why? Because your eyes, your mouth, your ears, everything, your, your emotions is, is connected to what? Your feelings. Are you following what I'm saying? So your emotions, you allow your, mo- your emotions to get stirred to do what? Your emotion is only stirred because the will is your chooser. That means you have your mind, your will, and your emotion. So your will chooses to do what? Say, oh no. I ain't messing with that. You know, or if you're a government employee <laughs> and you don't want to ask a you don't want to answer a question properly, would you say, that's above my pay grade. <laughs> Bobby know about that. <laughs> that's above my pay grade. <laughs> Is that right? Well, I mean, think about it. They themselves stop meditating. Stop thinking on the life that Jesus gave them, the life that they partook of. This is what he asks. Why could we not cast this spirit out? Because they allow what they saw got in them. It it took them over. Whereas before, I showed you the verse of scripture. It's, not, it's also in Matthew uh, 10 also. They went on their first missionary journey and they came back. And if you keep reading in Luke, they, they came back, were so excited, Jesus had to say, oh, I saw, I saw him, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Right? So what am I saying to you? You could know what to do. You could walk in these truths just like me. I can teach these things, walk in these things. But then somewhere down the line, I stopped meditating. I stopped feeding on these things like I used to. And then I started making excuses. I'm starting to give reason. I still love the Lord, but my language changed. That can happen to all of us if you don't stay focused. Because things in life have a way of not happening the way you designed it or the way you prayed about and it didn't happen the way that. And you can get mad with God or you can get, get mad with the preacher. I'm not going to that church like that no more. I'm going to a different church. I still love the Lord. But, you know, why? See, it's nothing wrong with God. It's everything wrong with our understanding. It's your perception. So rather than accuse God, look at yourself and say, where did I miss it in this? That's always my question. If I did, where did I miss it? Because God didn't miss it. Where did I miss it, Lord? And the Holy Spirit is right there to do what? To show you. I told y'all the illustration the other day about my dog. I locked my dog outside and didn't even know, but I was on the phone. I was distracted. 
I'm just trying to show you how things can happen. I was distracted because I was on an important phone call, just trying to encourage somebody, talking about business and et cetera, whatnot. And then all of a sudden, my wife said, Mason uh, is outside and she, you know, you know, German Shepherd, they always eating on something, they ain't got no business eating on, then they got to throw it up. And 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 she put it out there on the on the on the patio. So I went out there and I had the hose and I'm, I'm still talking, I washed it all. And I'm thinking she didn't went back in the house. I didn't lock the gate. I didn't lock the door. I finished my conversation. And I'm I'm going to bed and all of a sudden I'm hearing this little stretch. Well, I was trained. In pest control, I know what a rat sound like. My, so my natural, my natural training went into how I'm going to get rid of this rat. Where is it coming from? I jumped out of bed. I'm looking for it. I'm, you know, because it's like this thing trying to get in. I'm trying to position myself. I got to get rid of this. What is this? Never ask the Holy Spirit what was going on. And it'll come back every 20 minutes, stretch on. And I got stretches on my front door right now from my paws. Just show. She'll stretch. She don't bark. She, if you come to that door, she don't. Don't you come to that door. But she would stretch. And then after I thought, I went through this process thinking it was this, it was that. And then my wife got up. She gets up at 5. And she came, she said, Macy is not in the house. Because at first I thought if she was upstairs, Macy got her own, and I thought she was scratching on her lip. And I jumped up, and the first thing came to my mind, she was at that door scratching, and I never paid attention to it. So I jumped up, I put clothes on, and I was going outside, look for my dog. And I called her, and she was right there. She didn't even leave the house. See, that would have been one of y'all little hamsters. That little thing would have been somewhere else. My son them got a dog. My dog's son, they were sitting right there, got a dog. Everybody in the neighborhood know it. Oh, that's Zach and Kim dog. He'd be exploring all over the, all over, you know, all over the subdivision. <laughs> He'd be saying, all is mine, all is mine. He just find a house he need to go in. <laughs> no, but, but my point is, I didn't even consult the Holy Spirit. See how natural your mind can be? So you, when the disciples say, how could, why didn't we not cast him out? A hard heart or unbelief doesn't mean you don't love God. This just means you were thinking more natural than you were spiritual. So don't, 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 don't let that be hard on yourself and put yourself in a place of thinking that, you know, you know I'm this spiritual giant. And Man, let me tell you something. All them folks that be acting like that, that's the one you better back off. Because all of us got flaws. It's just that this supernatural that lives inside of us, we have enough tendency to yield to the power of the Holy Spirit in us and deal with that thing that's in us that want us to go this way or want us to hold out. on. No, I'm not doing that. I rebuke that attitude. I rebuke this thought. And then what do you do? You're taking the words of Christ and making them yours. You're employing that into your soul. Your soul, you look, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, they have to be employed. They're in your spirit, but they have to be employed in your soul because your soul has to be the one to carry this out. It has to filter through your soul so that your body can receive healing, so that your environment can receive what is already so in your spirit. If the soulless part of you don't open up and conceive the truth of the word, then guess what? You'll say, well, I prayed about it. Ain't nothing happened. No, no. He didn't tell you to pray. He told you to speak. Amen. Uh, amen? So, so notice this. Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. 
For verily I say unto you, if you had faith as what? A grain of mustard seed. Forget the, the mustard seed. You know, if you just had faith as a seed. The reason why the word mustard seed is you that. Anybody ever seen a mustard seed? Someone put that in my head. It's so tiny, Brother George. You can almost miss it. They're going to tell you right there, the faith that you have is not yours. Watch this. Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. And look at verse uh, 20. You already possess this type of faith. So it's not like you have to get it. It's just like the disciples already were in power. It wasn't like they would have to do something to get it. No, he already gave it to them. He already empowered them with it. It's the same way today. You're already empowered. It's learning how to use what he's already given you. Notice this in verse 20. So Paul said, I am crucified with who? That means I've been put to death. That means my spirit, which were in strain, is no longer alive. The life that I have now, it's alive. My, my, my spirit is alive in Christ. You don't have two natures, you have one. You know, some people still think you got two natures. No, you don't have two natures, you have one. You got two mindsets. But you got one nature, one spirit. Okay. Nevertheless, I live, see, yet not I. Paul is talking about the new identity that he now has. But Christ liveth in me. That's what you got to see. It's Christ living in you. It's Christ that's in you that's doing the work. It's not you. It's him. You're allowing him to do through you. That's what he's looking for. When you allow the anointed one, the power of the Holy Spirit to do what? To work the works of Christ or to work the works of Jesus. Why? Because he's the one who was with Jesus in his earthly ministry to restore everything back the way God created it in Genesis 1. So a lot of things in our lives going to be that, that are disarray or whatever you want to call it, it will remain that way until someone rises up. Somebody keep teaching on, talking about generational curses. Well, you got to, there's a generation of curses, there's a generation of this in your family, this and that, and blah, blah, blah. Look, the moment I got saved, all that junk died. Oh, you understand what I'm saying here? Listen, you don't have generational curses anymore. What you got is an unrenewed mind to what you already have. Your mind needs to be renewed with the word of God. Just like anything. Anything, you know, you keep eating little debit and talking about you want to lose weight. <laughs> you keep eating little debit, you ain't losing no weight, Jack. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? Ask me how I know. Me and Lil Debbie were good friends, boy. Oh, what? We were bosom buddy. You get your honey bun, and get you, and then you buy that grapefruit juice and try to kill that sugar. But you know, <laughs> but no. What am I saying? I could still be fat if I don't change the way I eat, right? It's the same thing with the word. So if you, don't, if you don't take the word just because Christ died for your redemption, but if you don't take what his words say and apply it, knowing that you are a speaking spirit, it has to be applied by saying. That's why Jesus said, whosoever should say. So what are you saying? Because whatever you're saying about your circumstances, whatever you're saying about your situation, then guess what? That's why things are the way they are, because of what you are saying. 
What are you saying? Stop agreeing with status quo. And begin to recognize that, hey, look, I may have missed God. Some things may have happened, but it's not because of God didn't, you know, God failed me. No, it's just that I had a lack of understanding. I had unbelief. That means I was unyielding. I was not as sensitive to the thing of the kingdom of God. All of us qualify in that. That's why we never point fingers. But we can correct it as we ask the Holy Spirit, where did I miss it, Lord? And he'll give you light on it. He'll give you understanding. And you'll say, okay, Lord, I won't do that again. I won't do that again. And anybody that has walked with the Lord long enough, all of us know that. Nobody points fingers. Nobody gets a, 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 a pass of saying, well, I'm better than you. I'm this and that. That's crazy. You want to know, you want to really know what's really, if I could use the word scary, because of the stuff that I know and understood and got a chance to walk in and stop doing it. Now, that's scary. Now, you say, how can a person, I'm telling you, you could just get busy in life. Not that you're just living a sinful life. You could just stop, you could just stop doing the thing that you normally know to do. I ain't got time to read my Bible no more. I ain't got time to hear the word no more. And little by little, you don't even realize you're drifting. You're the only, everybody else knows you all, but you're the only one don't know you didn't fell off until something is revealed. No. I'll never stick my head up like that because I already know. And I'm sharing this with you as I close. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, yet not I, but Christ what? Live it where? In me. Or you could say the anointing of the anointed one. Live it in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, in this body, I live by what? The faith. Not a faith. The faith. Of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now you think I'm going to get what somebody else say? Oh no. So if, if there's any type of epidemics, any type of crisis, if it's going to affect me, my family, affect my assignment or whatnot, yes, I'm standing against it. Because that's what he called us to do. He didn't call us to be passive. So when the disciples asked Jesus, go back to this case, and I close with this verse, Matthew, go back to Matthew 17, 20, when he said, because of your unbelief, and he said, if you were to say, uh, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be what? You need to put that on your forehead somewhere. For my mom went home to be with the Lord, she used to always say, nothing shall be impossible to you. And next verse, Casey. <clears throat> How be it this kind you know, some people mis they misinterpret that. Say, well, I got to fast and pray. No, he said, this kind. Why? Because you didn't pay attention. This kind goes not out but by what? Prayer and fasting. Why? Because you were more entertained in your flesh. Doesn't mean you were living sinful, but you were just more mindful. Are you following what I'm saying? And that's why he told this kind goes not, not that kind of a spirit. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, you got to fast and pray for that kind of spirit. No. Because now you're putting it back on works. No. No. 
You rebuke the devil, the devil is the devil. Jesus already rebuked him. All I'm doing is following the path. Satan, you are, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Go. I ain't got to play with him. I ain't got to talk more than once to him. No. I go on and move. And as you go on, then guess what? Now the Lord. The Holy Spirit is there, there to do what? To do what you can't do. Are y'all following what I'm saying? If I had time, I could show you a couple other verses of scripture about how their hearts were hardened. Same word. Their hearts were hardened because they did not remember the miracles of the lows. This is actually coming about almost going to the same store where the disciples, they just fed 5,000 people. Are you getting this? And Jesus constrained them to get into the boat. And instead of them looking at the waves or the water, that they was a two-hour boat ride took them eight hours to get across. And Jesus come walking on the water. Listen to this. We're not going to go to it, but you can find it in Mark 6. He would have passed them up. So why would he do that? He see them in trouble. He responds to faith. He don't respond to trouble. Because he's the one that already did it. Blind Bartimaeus. When he stood before Jesus, if you just like Brother John to say, come to me, I'm looking at him blind. And I'm asking, what would you want me, what would you want me to do? Yeah. What would we say in our terminology today? Duh. <laughs> can't you see I can't see? Right? No. Jesus had to have faith, has something to work with. He said that I might receive my sight. And the, and the Bible, when the Bible said Jesus would have passed them up, if they wouldn't have cried out. That's right. That's right. It when Jesus got in the boat, immediately they was on the other side. And they said, well, what happened? Right there in verse 52 of Mark 6, he said, their hearts were hardened. Why were their hearts hard? Because they did not remember the miracles of the loaves. In other words, Jesus empowered the two-piece fish dinner to multiply, but they issued it out. They distributed it. They saw it. And so what Jesus said, because their hearts were hardened because they forgot, they did not remember. What happened? It wasn't that they were in sin. They wasn't watching direct TV. They weren't watching the saints. They had their mind out there on that boat. They're trying to get across. That wave, that water is out there beating. Right? See, it don't have to be sin. I'm just saying, you could be so focused on, think about it. You could be so focused on right now, you forgot about the 5,000. That's real life. So that's what I'm saying. Everything is not so much of sin. It's just that you have preoccupied yourself with something more than the truth he gave you. That's why we come here. That's why we have church. That's why we have Bible studies. That's why we have conferences. Why? So that we could be reminded. Huh? So that we could be reminded. The word is not for your spirit. The word is for your soul. Because that's where your fight is. That's where your battle is. Well, did you learn anything?